Melissa. Hello, Kyle. <sighs> All right, we are coming to our listeners from this our is this our second podcast in June? I've already lost. No, it's count. actually technically our first podcast. In our June. first. See, we're, friends, <laughs> let me tell you when you when you do podcasts, you end up recording things out of order just based on when you have time to do things. <laughs> right, and and when schedules mesh up. Correct. Um, so, um, which results in some weird, seemingly time travely editing that has to happen, <laughs> and thus in this moment, I don't know what day it is. So. It's okay. Uh, but we're here. We're doing it. We're podcasting. It's June. Summer is here and we still are very busy. So absolutely. So, you know, this is a we know for a lot of our members, this is a really, really busy time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a time when your wellness probably gets put aside um, yeah. for that time. You know, and and we all have that. Certainly we have ebb and flows um, here in the association space as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, there are times when your own personal health and wellness gets put aside. So it's a great time to talk with uh, experts in the health and wellness space here in the club industry yes. to make sure you're putting that front and center and um, as well as, you know, coming up with new wellness um planning ideas for your members and for your team because it's so valuable. So mm-hmm. we are excited to be talking with Laura Leon, CEP, the director of fitness at Washington Golf and Country Club, which is not Just up far the road from, from us. CMA <laughs> National Headquarters. Yeah. Um, you know, Laura has a great perspective and uh, a little bit about her background. Uh, she's worked in the health and fitness industry since 2006 after graduating from East Carolina University with a degree in exercise science. She spent the first 12 years of her professional career in the corporate wellness industry, which included multi-site management, helping lead the intern program, as well as supporting team culture and group exercise training teams. She transitioned to the club industry in 2013 when she became the director of fitness at Washington Golf and Country Club. And she is also a member of CMAA and the club wellness community. Um, she has a really interesting background. And yeah, I, her story is really fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she she kind of go go Kyle. Go oh, I was gonna say this this thing is just like super fascinating to me. And obviously, like Melissa, you talked a little bit about Lauren's background in exercise science and working in corporate wellness, but. Um, Beyond that, personally, you know, she really kind of talks and she talks about this a little bit in our interview, so we'll save the bulk of it for her. But um, the trajectory of her career really comes down to an experience that she had when she was in high school and she was 16 years old. She was involved in a really traumatic four wheeling accident and that left her wheelchair bound and unable to walk and in physical therapy for a long time. And it was through that experience that she really started to uh, be pulled toward the idea of physical therapy and health and wellness. Um, and I'll, I'll let Lauren tell the rest of the story, but uh, that background is really fascinating. And I think it really drives her interest in, in the um, holistic look at wellness and health and the preventative side of fitness. So thinking about fitness as something more than just, you know, to look good, to feel good. It's actually something that can help heal us. Um, 
And, you know, early on in her career, she started out with that focus. And I think that that carries through with her today, um, thinking about her members at Washington Golf, as well as the team there. Um, So we're really thrilled to have Lauren on the podcast with us for this episode. And we're excited to share her thoughts with you. So here we go. Fabulous. Well, we are thrilled to have Lauren Leon with us today. She's the director of fitness at Washington Golf and Country Club, not far from National Headquarters up in the DC area. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So I just read your very long bio to all of our listeners, but um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the club wellness space. Yeah, so as my uh, background kind of alluded to, I had um, a pretty traumatic uh, accident happen when I was 16 years old. I flipped a four-wheeler, shattered my pelvis, fractured parts of my spine. Um, You know, prior to this, if you had asked me what I thought about doing with my future, I would have had no idea. But going through, you know, just extensive time in inpatient and outpatient physical therapy, having to learn to walk again, I still have some nerve damage in, you know, one of my legs and my foot. And um, it's funny, my doctors, you know, said it was questionable if I'd walk again. And if I did, I definitely have a limp. And anyway, you know, to have gotten to a place where, uh, you know, gained back full physical function um, in that time, I mean, I just fell in love with my physical therapist. I knew that they were my answer to getting back to, that type of place. And so I really set off to college with um, the mindset of going into physical therapy. And I went to ECU because I knew they had a great physical therapy program. And um, it's kind of funny. I mean, I went to my director and I was like, just give me the major that I can continue forward with. And I ended up in a health fitness specialist major. And with that was a you know long three month internship that I did with a corporate company in the DC area. And I, I just fell in love with it. I mean, the, you know, I learned how to teach group fitness classes, got to touch a little bit on personal training. So really saw the opportunity to wear a bunch of different hats. And I was like, you know what? I could go back to physical therapy school at any time. Let me hang out here for a while. So I actually interviewed for, with a couple of different sites with that same company, um, took a job with them. And I spent 12 years uh, with the corporate wellness company. And I loved it. It was awesome. I ended up working at four different sites uh, with them. And the last site being Washington Golf. And so, yeah, it worked out so perfectly. So, um, you know, we got to come into Washington Golf following a huge renovation for their fitness center. And um, in 2018, the club decided to take us in-house. So we were no longer contracted with the corporate wellness company. We're all now in-house employees. And going this September will be a decade at at Washington Golf. So it's kind of amazing. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. What a story. I mean, it's it's your background is like crazy to me. I mean, it's it's so I don't know, insane that you were in a place where you like maybe you thought you weren't going to walk again and now you're doing this. Um, and so that's that's really incredible. Um, but I want to kind of go back to what you were talking about with like the corporate wellness side of things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, thinking about that and your time in corporate wellness, what were some of the you know best practices or programs that you learned there that you have translated into the club environment? And maybe like how have those changed and adapted over time? Uh, it's so funny because some of the, my not so favorite parts of the job in a corporate wellness environment have actually served me so well in my role here at the country club. For example, reports, like 
who loves sitting down and having to do all these reports. And in a corporate environment, you're not only preparing these reports for your client, but it's also material that's going to be used for the corporation in hopes to win new contracts. Yeah. So lots and lots of reports. <laughs> and um, it's, now, thankfully, the country club did not ex expect me to bring all of those here. But one simple one is our monthly reports, which I just had, you know, I really kind of streamlined what I use with the corporate company, made it a little shorter here because, you know, our boards and committees do not want to be reading a book. No, I want to, I want to read a book about the fitness center, but then you have some other things to do. And so, I mean, and it, to be honest, it's actually something that in one of our department head meetings, our general manager brought, he, I did not know who's going to do this, but he had printed it out and he gave it to all the department heads to say, this is pretty cool. Like this is something that other departments could be utilizing because it's just a quick snapshot of what happened in the previous month, where we're at, what's going on. And our committee loves it. I mean, it makes our meetings so much smoother. It's almost serves as an agenda, right? What's going on? Um, so that's one thing it, that I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, that time spent in front of the computer served a purpose and something I used to detest. I'm like, okay, that, that skill served me well. Uh, I'd say on a more fun note, um, incentive programs. So in a corporate mm. environment, of course, programming and employee wellness is the most important thing. So what can make these people more productive in, in the jobs that they're doing in whatever setting I was at? Um, so we often, you know, challenged ourselves to come up with new incentive programs, whether it was a one-day challenge or a six-week long event. And um, at least at Washington Golf, when I came here, they hadn't really been doing that a lot. So it was something really fun and new. And our membership have just, now we have one that we actually just wrapped up our seventh annual Reach the Beach competition. Um, and it's just become an expectation and they love it. So what is the Reach the Beach competition? Tell us more yeah. about that. I, um, it's, it has become like a beast in a wonderful way. <laughs> Uh, so it is a, it runs from May 1 to May 31 and every year it's a little bit different whether members are earning points or tracking miles this year um, we did minutes of exercise okay. and the teams of four so we had um, just shy of 80 members sign up and we just used like a random sorter because if people set their own teams we could probably pick out who was going to win by the, by the beginning of the uh -huh. challenge right <laughs> So, um, and what's fun is our staff get involved too. So we probably had about 12 of our staff involved and the rest were all members. And uh, yeah, we just, you know, set off, a, we have to put a cap on it. I mean, we quickly realized we've got some super competitive members where if we let them stay on an elliptical for eight hours, they I would not. Yeah, they'd be like, just bring me some food. Like, no, um, this is not healthy. We've crossed yeah. the line. <laughs> right, this is not what we were trying to do. No. Uh, so yeah, so and uh, you know we average the this year the minutes to make it fair because we did have some teams of four, some teams of three, and um, and it was great. Yeah, so we take off for the month. We we always use it to like for example this year it was bonus points if you got a massage, if you saw our nutritionist, uh, if you participated in because May is Mental Health Awareness Month, mm -hmm. so we usually do meditation classes. So bonus points if you participated in the meditation class, things like that. So it's really great. We just you know we have some pretty fun um, prizes, but I'll be honest with you, even though we have like a prize bag, you know, it's like a towel and things like, it's the bragging rights. Like we, I, he, I actually hear from some of my clients who don't participate in the program, they will come back and be like, oh, I was hearing about it in the men's grill last night, which of course makes me so happy that it's even being discussed, you know, in the other areas of the club. So 
that's just one example of something that we've brought here that I, I don't know that I would have even thought of had I not been in that corporate environment where we were always trying to come up with things like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can imagine it's a, it's definitely a different like headspace to kind of put yourself in because um, you have different goals and like your members have different goals than maybe like your, you know, those, those corporate people would, right? Like you have a different demographics and, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, thinking okay. about taking some of those best practices and then, and then building out this wellness programming at Washington Golf, um, what, can, can you talk a little bit about what makes your program there so successful? I mean, obviously, like some of these competitions, giving folks the opportunity to have bragging rights and be a little competitive is one aspect. But what else? So I'm probably a little biased, but I, I will I do have to say, you know, our membership is really amazing. You know, a, a, our members all live very close by to the club. Lots of them are in walking distance. So right off the bat, we had. Um, you know, just like some great like clay to like start with, right? Um, because they they have such a community here, which I know really, especially like I think of our group exercise community, like they on their own, not even with our initiative, they celebrate birthdays every month and um, they're just so supportive of each other. So our members really help, but um, it's 100% our team. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky we, and you know, I mean, it's, like any manager out there, there's, you know, lots of recruiting and it takes, you know, some work to get the right people in the right place. Uh, you know, I always think on the bus, but obviously yeah. in our fitness centers. Um, so our, I mean, I, we are sort of seeing, um, you know, success and just, and numbers like we haven't in my 10 years here. And I think it's just a lot of having the, just the right people. Our team is all, you know, really invested. We make sure that they, you know, know that they're appreciated and they're good at what they do. I, just as an example, like I'm not a massage therapist. I don't, I don't know much about that. Um, I love getting them, but I don't, I don't know the intricacies of what, you know, what she practices. So I rely heavily on her to be the professional and I support her the best way I can. Same thing with our nutritionist, our physical therapy team. I just say, how can I best support you? But you guys are the professionals and you know, I want you to lead that program. I want you to have, you know, ownership over it. Um, so I think that that's a, a real big reason for why things are going so well. Um, and I would just add that we're really supported by our general manager and, um, you know, just some of really even the other department heads like they, I know that they're over there talking in their areas about what can happen for them over in the fitness center. And so, you know, not only do I feel like our team culture is great in the fitness department, but in general at the club, I mean, it's really, um, it's really supportive. And I know that they're cheering us on and, um, you know, our general manager is fantastic. I can go to him for, with questions or this is, this is the challenge. Here's what I'm thinking for solutions. So I feel very fortunate in regards to the people I'm surrounded with here. And it just all plays a role in the success we've got going on. Lauren, I have a quick question. Obviously, the team is so central to to the success as you're describing. Was it always that way, or did you have to really champion the the integration of fitness and wellness into these other aspects of the club? Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about, um, so to, to give a little more background, it was not always this way. When so when we were when we the corporate company I worked for won the contract for Washington Golf, there were five existing in-house employees one of which was the director at the time. So when when I came in, I essentially sort of took that role, that person became the assistant director and it was sort of this mesh of the onsite and then, you know, or our in-house employees and the corporate 
you know, employees. Um, so as you can imagine, it was a little bit of like them not quite knowing what our role was going to be here. Were we coming in to clean house? So, um, you know, th that was obviously sort of a sensitive time for me to earn their trust, let them know that I just wanted to get to know what what it had been like here. I mean, and I had no country club experience, so I really relied heavily on the former director to help me understand sort of the lay of the land um, and, and also working hard to let them know we weren't here to push them out. Like this was an opportunity for us to all kind of come together. And um, so we, we won the contract in September and I, it's funny, I think to myself, you know, like that holiday feeling, I really feel like we just came together in the holidays. It had, we had been there long enough that, you know, they knew we weren't trying to push them out the door. I always like to put a little something together for all my staff and put a little extra towards theirs. And we had the holiday party here. And so I, I kind of feel like coming into the new year, it was like, okay, this is, this works. And we were all sort of learning our new roles and whatnot. So it was not always like that. Um, it absolutely takes work. Um, you know, we, we still have one of the original personal trainers who's still here. He's a rock star. He's a full-time trainer on our team. And the others have all just sort of naturally, some of them were here for eight years since, you know what I mean? So it was all sort of natural transitions into wherever they were heading off to next. Um, and I mean, by no means would I say, uh, have I mastered the art of recruiting? Um, I've definitely had some that are the learning lessons, but, um, you know, for the most part, it's just when we bring someone in, really trying to interview well to let them understand what those expectations would be and how much we value that team culture. So it takes a lot of work um, and it's not always perfect, but you just got to learn from the ones that you don't quite get right. Um, and it certainly isn't always perfect. We just seem to be really on a roll right now. <laughs> so Lauren, I know one of the questions that that we um, we hear a lot is that you know wellness trends are constantly evolving and moving so quickly. I think one you know we we hear you know Orange Theory today, Pilates tomorrow, and and it's just you know, how do you um, kind of stay up to date on the latest opportunities and how do you know if they'll be a good fit for your membership? Yeah, so um, one thing that. I feel very fortunate to have um, in our budget, we actually have like money allocated to like a trends fund. So one, it's a nice peace awesome. of mind to know that, that I know, I know, I feel That's very lucky. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if, and it, you know, if it's not a trend that year, we'll put it towards new equipment. Sure. That's so cool. It, it's great. And it, I, I actually think it helps me sort of keep this open mind when I'm at fitness conference trade shows and things like that, because I know it's okay for me. I have this mindset of what can, what can we do to advance our program? Not this mindset of like, I don't have the money. I can't spend it. I can't even like look. So I think that's one thing I feel fortunate to have. I know it's there. Um, and for example, you know, so something we tend to do if, if I see something trending out there at a conference or whatever it may be, um, is that we'll do a specialty class. So we usually, you know, whether it's one time in the month, if it's successful, we offer another one, or maybe we we know it's probably got some, whether it, there's a boutique studio nearby offering this, let's see if our members will come here for it. Um, you know, we'll do that. And it's actually, I wanna give a little shout out to Army Navy Country Club because what comes to mind is bar Pilates, right? Like, so bar was just the rage a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, Army Navy had some portable bars and they allowed us to borrow them. We brought them into the club. We offered, I think we did maybe three specialty classes, which the first one, you know, I don't remember the first one selling up, but I know the last two sold out. I still have like pictures of us all. 
in that class together. And because we felt confident investing in it, we actually did the floor mounted bars and it is our Pilates bar class. It actually just happened today. It is easily the most popular class on our schedule. We used to have a smaller, we have like a mind body studio where it used to take place. And now it's out in the main studio. We had to install bars out there because it can sometimes get up to 20 people. So that, so that's, I think specialty classes are a great way to go sample it, whether it's an event or a class. Um, and just kind of see, uh, you know, how how that piece of equipment or whatever that you know that new format takes off. And I think that's a great point, Lauren. That you know, clearly Army Navy had already invested in these. There's a whole nother tangent about why clubs are great because they're not competitive. They're willing to share their <laughs> equipment for you to test it out. But that different things work for different club communities. So Bar was clearly doing well at Army Navy, not worth the expense yet. Uh, over at Washington Golf, but then you're able to see, yes, this is worth it. So if there's some collaboration across clubs to say, yeah, those Army Navy people super into bar. Um, yeah. If they hadn't been at Washington Golf, you didn't lose anything. I don't think people were going to leave your club to go for Pilates to Army Navy, maybe, but <laughs> there's enough wellness to go around and it certain things might work at different clubs. Mm -hmm. That's so true. That's so true. I have to say, you know, again no no club experience when i came into this environment um that was something i kind of wondered i was so used to like in the corporate world like you're competitive with other corporate you know companies obviously like the sites within the company were we all worked together but like when we heard of like the other corporate companies bidding out we were like ooh, you know so when i came into this i was sort of i didn't know what it was going to be like and i was so pleased to see how collaborative everybody was um and obviously it sort of started with the clubs that were in closer proximity to us but as i've gotten more involved in csfa and cmaa it's so neat to see um that we really can all learn and share with each other and there's no there's no shortage of people to be a part of our programming so it's it's just such a great feeling because we all approach it from such a genuine place yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think idea sharing is one of our, like, I, I wouldn't say it's an official tenant of the association, but it's certainly like one of our unofficial tenants, like, you know, sharing or stealing ideas from each other is one thing that we encourage highly among our membership. And so like, I love to see that in real time in action like this, where, you know, you guys called up Army Navy and said, oh, hey, <laughs> can we borrow, can we borrow those? <laughs> Right. Um, and that's, and that's fantastic. Cause I think to Catherine's point, like, yeah, you, you're not competing with them, um, in a traditional way, like companies or corporations would be, um, you know, you, you have that flexibility to explore and borrow and learn from each other in a non-competitive environment. And I think that's really awesome. I do too. I do too. It's special. You talked a lot about your team and you can definitely tell how proud you are of the folks that you work with. Um, and I know, you know, for us that obviously clubs focus on the well-being of our members, but well-being of our staff teams are so important um, and have to be a priority. Um, and certainly when it comes to recruitment and retention has to be a priority. So what do you and your club do to take care of the team at Washington Golf? Yeah, I, um, I, this has been, it's, I feel like I've spent so much of my career very member focused and I find like the last couple years, maybe this is a silver lining that's coming out of COVID for all of us, right? But like, I find myself yeah. very aware of like my team focus and, um, and it's, we really 
strive for a great work-life balance. I think it's said often, but um, you know, we're we're serious about it. Um, to me, what that looks like is when you know when someone's off, whether it's just like their planned day off, or especially if they're off for like an, a vacation, they are off. Like we have assigned another point of contact. Who who are people going to? You know. Um, I just I want them to truly be able to disconnect in that time. Um, I know how it feels for me to be able to do the same. So you know I really try to protect that space for our team. And um, I, I think something else is like I we really take the time to get to know each other. So you know as much as someone wants to share, but like if someone is you know getting to know each other or they are taking a vacation, I'm, it's not just great got it logged in the system. But I'm like where are you going? What's going on? And wanting to know about those things um and and also just when we welcome somebody new getting to know what's going on and caring about their life you know if they've got three kids i want to make sure i'm aware of what they're balancing in their lives so um i think it's just kind of going that extra level to really know who you're working with and what what works for them in regards to supporting them um and making them feel like they can show up their best way here because they know we really care about what's going on at home. And which of course, as we all know, I mean, that only creates a more productive, happy employee, which our members feel. And it's just this wonderful cycle of happiness and, and productivity. <laughs> right? Absolutely. I mean, that's um, something that we talk about all the time. I mean, I think we've had this exact conversation with several different guests, but Melissa and I have had it on a number of occasions ourselves too, but like the importance of recognizing the whole person, right? Like seeing the whole person, your, your colleagues, your, your coworkers, your, you know, subordinates, whatever, like they're, they're people outside of work, right. And they're yep. dealing with stuff outside of work and, and whether or not they're bringing that with them, it still impacts how they show up. Um, so I love, right. I love that that's a priority for you. I think that that's super important. And I think that that's something that we all should probably work on being more cognizant of, that our coworkers are people too. Yeah, it's it's so true. Um, and it, it seems simple, but it's it it does take you know an awareness of um, just what everyone's got going on, and and you know we all. I mean, even communication, right? I mean, some people love a text message, some people like an email. Like it's sort of learning how do people most effectively communicate and feel heard. So, I mean, even down to sort of that like micro of a level, just recognizing meeting people where they're at. So I have to, um, to, you know, to take this out of the fitness center and share how like the club has sort of gone to the next level to support employees. Um, another thing to sort of come out of that COVID time, but in, uh, 2000, in 2020, they actually created an employee assistance fund. And it initially was really to help support employees that um, were furloughed and whatnot um, during that time, but they have still kept it going. They've actually, you know, it's a 501c3, there's a whole like section of our website dedicated to it and um now it's you know where for whether it's our holiday employee fund but members are welcome to donate to this area and i know at least speaking for some of my team you know people who are having trouble paying their rent you know in just challenging times i know um most recently there was a, a member in our golf team who was trying to get their family out of ukraine and the funds like went towards that so it i mean our general manager could share even you know so much more but it it's amazing some of the stories that have come from this just awesome donation you know area or fund that they've created um and it's you know stuff like that that makes you so proud to work for your organization i think not to keep bringing up COVID, but i think it's a time where we really learned like 
what we meant to the companies that we or the organizations that we work for and um I'm just very happy where I feel very fortunate to be where I'm at and and something like that really showed um, and our members too I mean they're the ones of course who donated to it so everybody they they helped get us through <laughs> absolutely I mean there's a real sense of community there I think and I, I think you said it right like we learned a lot about how we are valued as employees as much as we learned about like what types of things we value as as workers right like wh where are we drawing our own lines and how are we feeling that reflected back to us? It's pretty important. And I mean, yeah, I think COVID was a huge perspective shift for almost everyone. So no harm in bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, not at all. And not at all. Personally, there, there are silver linings to it. Uh, but what you mentioned about how you also receive the benefits of this wellness attitude toward the staff, because you too are a member of the staff. By by empowering your team to take true time off, that gives you permission to do that. And then it is your responsibility to model it. So staff isn't going to feel comfortable. They're not going to believe it until they see it. So if the leadership doesn't actually live by the same rules that they're saying, yeah, no, you can do this staff. It's so much more powerful if if you see your leaders and, and you now with a family and you have a life too. So it, they're able to see, okay, well, Lauren's running this show, but she also takes time off and really does have the ability to step away. Then that allows me to feel like I can do that too. And it yeah. sounds like that that's happening across the club. I, I think so. I think so. And you're, and you're so right in regards, you know, we, it's when we think of like leading it by example, which is so important, you don't always think of like, it's also the things you don't do. Correct. Right? Um, so not coming into work when I'm feeling a little sick because of whatever it may be, or, you know, not checking email when I'm on vacation because I need this time too. And I'm only going to show up better for my team if I do stay disconnected. Um, so no, I, I, I love the way you looked at, you look at that and point that out as well. It's so important. Absolutely. All right. So we're talking about things that we do um, to demonstrate wellness, but in addition to, or I guess other than not checking your email when you're on vacation, because like that's something we all probably need to do better at. Um, thinking about like wellness hacks. <laughs> Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> Stop it, Melissa. To our listeners, she was certainly not indicating that I am um, guilty of doing that. It's not. That's not true. It is a lie. Um, <laughs> But thinking about wellness hacks, Lauren, what are some things that you do to take care of yourself besides the email thing, obviously? Right. Yeah, no, that is a good one. Um, it's funny. So I would say maybe about nine months ago, I would have answered this question. And it seems really simple, but I would say sleep. Like, don't sleep on sleep. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think getting to bed at a good time and really getting a good night's rest. I, I really like to hit my workouts hard. Um, obviously we all show up very, our jobs are very, um, so draining is the word that comes to mind, but I mean that in a positive way. We're very on all day. So like sleep is huge for me, but I have a nine month old at home. So sleep has not been what it once was uh, lately. So I would say, as of the last nine months, um, I, my biggest hack would be just giving myself grace. Uh, obviously figuring out this new 
role as mom um, and then also still being fitness director, you know, here and wife and all the other roles that we have. Right. So um, I think, that, you know, grace has been like my my keyword uh, of the last, you know, nine months. Um, and I think that, you know, that can stretch into so many different areas. But just giving myself sort of the flexibility to figure all of this out um, as, as I go through. But um, in more of like a day to day, something that I it's funny, you know, I think a lot of people who are regularly active would say, you know, gosh, if I go a day without working out, I really feel it. Um, and I agree with that for sure. But something else is so I really am big on reading and podcasts. Um, it keeps my head. Yes, it keeps my head in a place where when I don't feel like doing that workout, I mean, it's like that my I've sharp, you know, strengthened my mind to be like, all right, here's the benefits. I mean, you just sort of talk yourself through it. So I love to read and I loved, I usually listen to at least a podcast today. Um, and so, and I think that's kind of a hack for life because it just keeps your head in the right space. There's it's, I'll be honest with you guys. I don't almost to a, a fault, but I don't watch the news. Like I, it, I control what comes in. So by reading, choosing my books wisely, choosing my podcast wisely, it's just like trying to keep this constant filter of positivity going through. Um, so I think that's a pretty big hack too. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I 100% agree on all of those points. Um, I'm a big reader and obviously podcast listener myself, but like being conscious about what you are letting into your brain. Um, I know like for myself during COVID, especially, um, you know, it was really easy to go down that kind of like anxiety panic spiral of the world is terrible and everything is on fire, <laughs> which I mean, literally, I guess right now, but, um, <laughs> but like, it's so easy to allow that constant stream of what feels very negative, even if it is just reporting what's happening, it feels like a lot of bad stuff happening all at once. And it's really easy to let that just like eat away at your brain and like your well-being. And so consciously choosing to say, you know what, I'm going to step away from that and I will make sure that I'm informed on the things that I need to be informed on, but I'm not going to just allow it to infiltrate my mind at all times. I think that's so smart. And I think we all probably should be better at it. I know I have this conversation with my mom all the time. <laughs> like, Get off yep. of Twitter, mom. Stop. I think it might be a parent generation thing because yes. same conversations. I'm like, guys, the TV does not need to be on all day long. Like, no, what are you learning from this? Nothing. I'll like, you know, send them like a, a audio book or something. Be like, try, try this. See how you feel after. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I love that. I think that that's um, a really good way to look at wellness from a more like holistic perspective. It's not just about exercise and finding time to move your body. Those things are very important, but as much as it's physical, it's mental and, and taking that time to really give yourself space to, to find the positive things and to fill your cup, um, instead of, you know, going down the, the sad, everything is the worst slide well, that I go you know, on. Well, part of what we put in our bodies, what we do with our bodies, where we put our bodies. So the environments that you're around, going back to your club culture, Lauren, that wellness is also being part of a positive, uh, you know, empowering culture that works for you. So when we think about wellness within the club, I mean, I've been preaching this since the beginning of saying, you know, if you offer water, you're offering wellness at your club, but also if you have people, in a room together, 
there is an element of wellness there because it's an environment that can breed positive or negative impacts. Right. Absolutely. I love that. I lo yeah. yeah, that's, I love when Catherine says that because it's so true. I mean, like every, every part, wellness touches so many parts of not just the club, but mm -hmm. our lives, right? Like it's, it, if you truly look at it from a holistic perspective, the choices that we're making every day are part of wellness. Um, so yeah, I like, I love thinking about it that way. Um, Catherine, I want to kick it to you now. As our, it was really <laughs> ham-fisted, but it's fine. Um, I want to kick it to you now. Um, we wanted to chat a little bit about the upcoming wellness summit. Um, and Lauren, you will be presenting there. And we wanted to give Catherine a chance to explain a little bit more about the summit itself and what, what you both will be doing as part of that. Thanks, Kyle. I'm so excited. As our listeners most likely know, earlier this year, we transitioned the Club Spawn Fitness Association into the CMAA Club Wellness Community. We are fully integrated into CMAA, and we are excited to host our first uh, summit July 15th through 17th in Alexandria, Virginia, right in Old Town, so right up the road from Lauren over at Washington Golf. And we're going to have a day and a half of awesome education, networking, obviously some wellness activities, might do a little jaunt by the water. Um, and then we even get to take a tour over at Washington Golf and Country Club. Lauren and her team are hosting us. Um, Lauren will be giving a presentation on her programming so you get to hear more um, hear her expand about what she was uh, mentioning today and then we'll have a beautiful reception there as well in a club tour so um, this is going to be a, a multifaceted event we also have a couple of uh, wellness vendors and um, organizations who are coming that provide support to wellness operations in the club setting so we'll get to spend some time with them um, and it's just we're going to be based at the hilton hotel in old town but then have a couple of these outings Mm -hmm. We've got speakers uh, throughout the whole program, um, and we will have one of our favorites uh, that we've had at the past couple of CSFA conferences where we'll have a wellness panel. Um, we actually have two panel presentations this year. We'll have one that's centered around the wellness community town hall uh, conversation. And then we also have a panel on um, precision and personalization being the new wellness. Um, and we'll hear from a number of experts. You can read more about them on the CMAA website, uh, but everything from a functional and uh, integrative uh, physician to an exercise scientist. Um, so lots of folks who have different perspectives on wellness and how the clubs can uh, more fully incorporate wellness into their operations. Love that. It sounds like we've got, it, it's, it's a short little event, but it's packed full of things to do and learn. And we are really excited to be hosting the first annual Pat Summit. <laughs> yes. 
I know. And it, it's great. You know, our, our wellness stuff has traditionally been in Florida. We've got a lot of um, Florida participants, but we're really excited to showcase the great stuff that happens here in the Mid-Atlantic. Um, we're excited for a lot of these uh, clubs and their wellness directors and wellness teams to be able to join us when they haven't been able to in the past. And we, I already know we're getting some folks down from New England. We have a couple coming from Arizona. So it's it's a national event and we get to share and engage with each other and really learn about where we're going in wellness. And for those of you who are listening, because I know you're interested, the summit is eligible for eight club management institute credits. Those are CMIs and two association activity credits. So if you're looking for those, come join you us can in get Alexandria. <laughs> exactly. You can get them. Exactly. All right. Well, Lauren, thank you again so much. Did you have something you wanted to add? So if I may, yes, I just please. want to, I think this is so cool and so really thoughtful of Catherine. Um, so I want to give you a shout out, Catherine, because when I, of, of course, when I got my email about the Club Wellness Summit, I signed up right away. And something I thought was so valuable that you did was at the end of registration, you left a um, open comment box asking people what they really wanted to get out of this. And I, I love that because it lets people know not only all of the great activities that are going on, you know, the layout was all there for the event schedule, but it, it I mean, in these round tables, I know you're going to take that information and, and gear it to make sure that people are going to get what they're looking for. So I just thought that was so valuable. Kudos to you for thinking to do that. Really, it's just like the registration, not like a chance to comment on it. Um, so I just, I just had to give you some, some shout out for that. That was awesome. Lauren, um, you know, team effort to really curate these events so that they are, you know, we're here for you all. We we want the events to be everything that I mean, you're, you're paying for them. Many people are traveling for them. And so any way we can incorporate what you're looking for, if you can walk away with answers to questions that will help you do your job better the next week, we want to do it. Um, and, and like you're talking about, I don't have all the answers. I love hearing the answers, but I, that's the beauty of an association and the club wellness community being within the larger CMAA network. While we might not, not have the answers, we've got over 7,000 people who collectively probably do. So we will find it or at least discuss it and we'll do some research and get back to you. So I'm glad, I'm glad you pointed that out, Lauren. Yes, I agree with what Catherine said. What she said. <laughs> Cosign that yeah. making that personalization happen in real time. I love absolutely it. making your, making your <laughs> panel come to life. <laughs> Precisely. Well, Lauren, thank you again so much for taking some time and uh, joining us today. Um, I know our listeners will hopefully get a lot out of this conversation. And again, if you are at all interested in the either wellness community or the wellness summit, please don't hesitate to go to our website and learn more and get registered um, or reach out to one of us at headquarters. We'd be happy to talk to you about it and uh, get you connected with the rest of the group. Um, but yeah, thanks again, Lauren. We really appreciate your time today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This was a blast. I loved it. Yay. Go podcasts. <laughs> Good for the Exactly. <laughs> okay. So as we said, that was a fantastic conversation. Lauren brings a lot of really great energy and we're lucky to have our colleague Catherine Lord join us too. Um, to talk a little bit about the upcoming wellness summit. Final plug for that wellness summit. Just one more shot at it. If you want 
to learn more or are interested in registering, please head over to our website. You can do that um, just right from CMAA.org. Head over to the Learn tab and hit that Meetings and Events option, and you will find all of the registration information for the Wellness Summit there. Again, that is in July 15th through the 17th here in Alexandria, Virginia, and we are excited to welcome all of our attendees. Absolutely. So speaking of events, we just launched the registration for our annual leadership and legislative conference. And this is the event aspiring current and sustaining CMAA leaders um, together. It is a vibrant and boutique educational uh, and networking opportunity. And this year we're going to be on the beautiful and vibrant San Antonio Riverwalk. Mm -hmm. If you haven't checked Kyle's heard me talk about this, but if you haven't checked into the history of the Riverwalk, it's super interesting. Um, I know we all think of it as just this really cool expanse of restaurants and shopping and museum, but there's actually a reason why the Riverwalk was created. It's really interesting. In case you didn't know, it is actually a 15-mile expanse, not just the space, the space that runs through um, the city, the center of clear. historic San Antonio. <laughs> to I our am... listeners, Melissa's very excited about the history of the Riverwalk, so much so that she <laughs> sent us all the links to learn more on our own. Um, she's not wrong. It is very fascinating. There's a lot of really it is. cool history there. Not to mention, it's a lovely outside space in the middle of a downtown area, which I'm always a big fan of. So Absolutely. if you haven't been to the Riverwalk before... 10 out of 10 recommend. Absolutely. So, you know, this conference and, and Kyle, I think there's a lot of um, misconceptions about this conference that you yep. have to be, you know, obviously this is designed to help bring together our current leaders. So mm -hmm. uh, our board of directors is there. We have representative from our 40 chapters. We have our chapter managing directors joining us. We have uh, members from our national committees joining us, the club foundation board of governors, but you know, this is really an event. Is it? It is an event that's been described to me. A lot of members can say that it's really one of their favorite events because it yeah. is that boutique experience. You know, we usually have about 150 attendees, so you really get a chance to get together, talk with everybody, make real connections. Um, you know, we love the World Conference, um, but oh, that yeah. you know obviously is a much larger experience. And so this is really designed about building your own personal and professional development with, you know, interactive programs and sessions, um, informative speakers and presentations. So I'm really excited uh, this year because we have two amazing keynote speakers uh, that I think people are going to just love to hear. First off, uh, the events are, I'm sorry, the dates are, I missed the dates, <laughs> September 11th through the 13th. Um, and we'll be in, at the Reston River Walk, which is a beautiful property. So first up, our leadership uh, keynote speaker is uh, Sarah McVan Neal. Um, and she is doing a cool session on how to superlue your culture through meaningful connection and abundant appreciation. Um, I'm not going to share too much. Just go to our website. She made a video. She is amazing. And she really talks about how do we bridge the gap between what employees need and what organizations are prepared to do? And it's really all about recognition. So um, I think that's going to be amazing. Um, and then later that day, we're going to have our legislative keynote, which is actually be an economic update uh, with RSM's chief economist, Joe Brucellis. I am so excited about this. <laughs> I know you know are. That I love podcast. I love economics. 
Um, he is an award-winning economist with more than 20 years of experiencing analyzing U.S. monetary policy, labor markets, fiscal policy, and the condition of the U.S. consumer. So he's going to give us an economic update and provide and answer that question whether it's going to be a recession or a soft landing for the economy. And I know for so many of us, that's that's something that we look at as we project how our clubs are going to be doing and um, how our organization is going to be doing over the next year. So we are thrilled to have him, and we can't thank RSM enough for making that happen with us. Uh, they're an amazing partner, educational partner with us. So that's just two of the sessions that I am so excited to um, be presenting, but we've got lots of other fun stuff lined up for you. So we'll be some doing some networking right there on the Riverwalk. You'll have some great uh, time to connect with each other. Um, we'll be hanging out with our friends from Royal Cup Coffee as well. So, you know, it's just one of those events that if you haven't made it to a, to an LLC, as we call it, um, I highly encourage you to think about it this year. It's going to be phenomenal. The location just couldn't be better. So Absolutely. we're really excited and we can't wait to share it with all of you. We're always so excited. So head on to our website. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go to, to the website. website. Head, head over to the uh, Learn tab, select meetings and events and, um, and, and find out more about LLC. It's a great yeah, session. Absolutely. We're always happy anytime we get to go hang out in Texas. Uh, it's a great place for our, our clubs and our the members that we have in Texas are fantastic. So, uh, And San Antonio is a great city. So we're looking forward mm-hmm. to that a lot. Uh, I'll just throw in one more reminder that while we do have a lot of these one-off events coming up this fall, um, it's also important if you're still in the certification pathway or if you're looking to keep your credits up, There are lots of BMIs, many of them are full. So if you're needing to take those courses, make sure you're planning ahead. Take a look at what we have upcoming for the rest of the fall and into 2024 um, and and make your plans accordingly. But our our professional development team has been working, they're like little busy worker bees getting all of our next round of BMIs scheduled. So if you need to take a course, Now's the time to uh, to start planning that out. I know it's June. It's June, and we're already talking about 2024, but, man, this is how this stuff goes. It fills up quick, and if you've got <laughs> priorities, it's important to think about it now. Uh, so definitely, basically, I think the, the summation of this little announcement section is go to the Learn tab on our website. <laughs> <laughs> do some planning. Uh, yeah, absolutely. A lot of things in the works for you all. Um, Melissa, I think that wraps us up for this episode. Um, but to our listeners, stay tuned. We've got a lot of great stuff coming up for you this summer. Melissa and I are working real hard on getting some really cool interviews in the can. Um, we're taking the podcast on the road for the first time in the coming weeks. I don't know. We're gonna we're working on that, but we're really excited to hit the road um, and celebrate our 100th episode with some of our super fans. So that's what Absolutely. we got. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, everything. you know, yeah, hang tight. Next uh, next edition, we'll be talking with our uh, friends at GGA Partners. Um, some great uh, discussion on the challenges and trends in the industry and how you can address those. So we look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, for Thanks for listening. As always, this has been Let's Talk Club Management. I'm Kyle. That's Melissa. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Take take care, friends.
The Let's Talk Club Management podcast is a podcast of the Club Management Association of America. Since 1927, CMAA has been the largest professional association for managers of membership clubs throughout the U.S. and internationally. The objectives of the association are to promote relationships between club management professionals and other similar professions, to encourage the education and advancement of members, and to provide the resources needed for efficient and successful club operations. Under the covenants of professionalism, education, leadership, and community, CMAA continues to extend its reach as the leader in the club management practice. CMAA is headquartered in Alexandria, Virginia, with more than 40 professional chapters and more than 40 student chapters and colonies. Please learn more at www.cmaa.org. Org.